The Keeping the Nostalgia Alive show is proudly brought to you by the Hoosier Basketball Academy. Want to improve your game and be an elite athlete? Hoosier Basketball Academy, located in the heart of Hoosier Hysteria, provides an excellent opportunity for student-athletes to improve their basketball skills. Their goal at Hoosier Basketball Academy is to provide an opportunity for young athletes to reach their full potential and allow them to compete at the highest level. Using their training model, they believe a solid foundation of fundamentals and muscle memory training is critical for the development of elite basketball players. This can only be achieved if you are mentally tough, have a strong work ethic, and are willing to sacrifice countless hours needed to be the best you can be. The Hoosier Basketball Academy offers high-intensity basketball training focusing on small groups and individual attention needed to improve your game, as well as specialized training and drills done at game speed to push you to your limits and improve overall physical conditioning. One of HBA's goals is to improve the skills and abilities of each player trained by focusing on ball handling, proper shooting mechanics, speed, agility, and footwork allowing you to take your game to the next level. This training is for players that are serious about improving their skills. Hard work pays off and gives you the competitive edge in practice that carries over to games against your biggest rivals. In addition to offering training, HBA fields highly competitive travel teams with many teams qualifying for nationals each year. Visit HBAElite.com for more info. Be elite and train to be the best. Welcome to Keeping the Nostalgia Alive, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. Just in case, if you've missed any of our last shows, you're more than welcome to go to keepingthenostalgialiveshow.com or keepingthenostalgialive.podbean.com and catch up on some amazing interviews that we've had on the show. So guests have included Rick Mount, Kent Benson, Dave Shellhouse, you name it. So go to keepingthenostalgialiveshow.com and check out some of our past interviews. Today, it is my pleasure and <clears throat> Anybody I normally interview about Indiana high school basketball, I, I get a little bit intimidated, uh, you know, Rick Mount, Ken Benson, but today I am joined by the president of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. He's also a member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame as a, uh, a member and also a silver anniversary team member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, Coach Sam Alford. Coach, thank you so much for taking some time out of your busy schedule to help us keep the nostalgia alive. Oh, no problem. Glad, glad to help. Anything, uh, anything I can do along those lines, I'm all for it. Coach, tell us a little bit about growing up in southern Indiana. Tell us a little bit about your family and who introduced you uh, to athletics. Well, my father. Uh, my father played for Burl Friddle back in the early 30s uh, at Washington. And uh, I grew up uh, starting to play down in the grades, uh, you know, you start then recess. We didn't have all the youth programs they have now. And uh, fell in love with basketball, baseball, just anything that had a ball uh, I wanted to play. And as it turned out, I just I made a career out of it. Was there one sport that you particularly really liked off the bat? Was it basketball? Yeah, I loved basketball. And, of course, I was a basketball coach for 40 years. But, but I also enjoyed baseball. Uh, and now I'm a bigger major league baseball fan than i am an nba fan uh it's hard to be a 
full-pledged college fan, high school fan, NBA fan. There's just not enough hours in the day. So uh, I love the college game because of my son and having been in it nine years as an assistant coach. And you uh, once you're a high school basketball fan, you're always a high school basketball fan. As a little tyke, was there anyone that you uh, looked up to in Indiana high school basketball or emulated when you were a kid? Well, you know, when I was a kid, uh, we didn't have the, the games on television, so you didn't know about players in other parts of the state. The first person that I can remember, uh, I remember going to the first state finals I went to was 1955, and the uh, chance to see Oscar Robertson, um, you know, I'd never seen anything like that before. He was uh, he was amazing, and uh, by the way, uh, you know, I knew it wouldn't be that good, but there was somebody I could really look up to. Once you started at, uh, you're, of course, you're a Washington hatchet. Once you started at Washington, did uh, were you kind of nervous, or did you just kind of fit in in the sports scene? Well, I did. Uh, you know, I was one of those guys, uh, I wasn't great in anything, but I was a hard worker, and I, I graduated with 14, uh, 14 varsity letters from high school, so I was very active in sports, and uh, sports has just always been my life. Uh, I've loved all sports, and uh, I love competition. So when was the, you know, when did you first start on varsity? Uh, my junior year. I was on the varsity. Uh, I got three letters in high school, but I didn't start until my junior year. What were some, what was the, what was the, the atmosphere like? Play, I, I'm assuming, was it, was it the Hatchet House at that time also? Or did that come along later? No, that was the, it was called the Hatchet House. It was the old one. But they still uh, they still have it, and they still use it for junior high athletics. And uh, they've done a nice job in Washington of of keeping it in uh, good shape. They've renovated it a little bit and changed things, but it's still used. And uh, it was the day uh, I think it seated forty three hundred, and on big games it was full. And uh, just like uh, everywhere in Southern Indiana, they loved their basketball. Did you think you guys had an advantage because of how packed you guys made the house? Well, it, it was nice, and we had our own sectional. Uh, we had our own sectional there in Washington, and we went to Huntingburg uh, for the regional. And they, Huntingburg still has their uh, their gym they had at that time, and still use it. So, uh, you know, it was that was the day before class basketball when we had twelve teams in our sectional, and you started playing uh, early in the week, and and you got out of school, and it was just uh, basketball was a little more meaningful then, I think. What kind of success did um, all the sports that you participated in, the teams, have while you were at Washington? Well, probably uh, my my junior year, we were ranked in the uh, in the state rankings, but we got upset in the sectional in the final game of the sectional by Odin, who a uh, small school went on to the final game of the semi-state and almost won the semi-state. And then my my senior year, we won the sectional. We won the afternoon game. Uh, we upset Jasper, who was ranked number five at that time uh, uh, in the first game of the regional, and we got beat two points in the final game of the regional uh, my senior year. Coach, do you remember the first, you know, when when people started getting interested in your athletic skills for your college career? Oh, my senior year. I was just a – I never was a great player, but as a junior, uh, I was just an average player. I think I averaged the – eight or nine points a game my junior year and um i was just one of the one of the starting five and then my senior year i i advanced quite a bit and, and my senior year i started getting noticed and uh, had some opportunities to go places 
Well, we all know that you went to uh, Franklin College. Was there was there another place that uh, you possibly would have went, but you changed your mind and chose Franklin? And why did you choose Franklin? Well, Roger Reed, who played uh, ahead of me, four years ahead of me, and one of the high school players I looked up to at Washington went to Franklin College, and I think he was probably instrumental in uh, in getting me to go to Franklin. I, I had an opportunity to go to to Evansville at that time, which was a very, very good program, but it was a partial scholarship. It wasn't a full scholarship. And I had I had an offer from Colorado and an offer from the Citadel. Uh, I had five or six offers, Vincent University. But uh, I just decided that the Franklin would probably be the place where I could play and, and maybe have some success. And, and I'm glad I went. It was a very good experience for me. You were also a multi-sport participant there at Franklin. Was um, did you use did you use cross country to kind of keep yourself in shape for basketball and baseball? <laughs> well, <laughs> I uh, not really. Uh, I, I could run. I was a pretty good runner. And our cross country coach in college was also our basketball coach, so I didn't have much choice. Um, I had run in three state cross country meets in high school. And he knew that, and so more or less, uh, you're going to run cross-country. It wasn't an option. And then after my sophomore year, I, I told him, I said, if you don't want me transferring, I'm not running. <laughs> and so I didn't have to run my last two years there, but uh, it was more of a necessity that was uh, something that I wanted to do. Coach, going back a little bit to uh, to Washington, your Washington playing days, was there a place that you guys traveled to that you found the crowd very intense or, or you know, very passionate about the game, just like your high school? Well, we, we remember the SIC, the Southern Indiana Athletic Conference, and I think there were 19 teams at uh, my senior year. It was a very big conference at the Evansville schools, uh, New Albany, Vincennes, um, Jasper, Bloomington. Bloomington was one school then, Bedford. Uh, so it was a real competitive league, and uh, about anywhere you you went, it was strong. Benson's, I suppose, and Jasper were our two big rivals. We played each of them twice each year, and and those were the schools that we really competed against, I guess, as a rival. I guess in, in a lot of games, probably, it was hard to find a ticket back then? Uh, it was. For big games, it was. When you played your rivals, it was, it was always a, a big game, and back then, you know, Everybody had Friday night uh, blanked out on their schedule to go to the high school basketball games. When you got to Franklin, what was the what was the biggest change that you found at, at, in college compared to uh, high school athletics? And uh, did you have any uneasiness going to Franklin, or were you kind of were you scared at first? Well, I think I was apprehensive, just like probably any senior is going away to college. Probably the biggest difference I found is people were bigger. Uh, you know, I graduated from high school. I was six foot, 145 pounds. I was really thin and skinny, and uh, I gained 30 pounds uh, first year I was in college. Uh, but you get to college and you find out the players are, are bigger and stronger and quicker. Um, that's probably the big thing. In the athletics at Franklin, you know, in baseball and basketball, what were what what uh, league were you guys in, and what other teams did you guys play? Well, probably the biggest team we played uh, at that time was Ball State. Uh, we played Ball State. We played uh, all Ball State, Indiana State, uh, DePaul, St. Joe. Um, and then we played a lot. Our, our conference was uh, pretty well what it is now there. Uh, Hanover, uh, Manchester, Anderson, Earlham, uh, the normal. So, But we played a little better schedule, all, all conference schedule, I think, than they did then. But back then... Franklin was an NAIA school, which meant you could give scholarships. So 
everybody in our league were scholarship players, and it's a little better league than what, what you have now at the D3 level. What was the competition like? Do you remember any, uh, you know, with Indiana State and Ball State, do you remember some of the uh, the big names that you went up against in uh, basketball? Well, probably the best player that I played against was a kid by the name of Butler that played for Ball State. He was a very, very good player. Uh, he would probably be the one that would stick out in my mind the most. Uh, he was an outstanding basketball player. At what point, was it in high school, was it in college, what point did uh, this – idea of coaching kind of click in your head well in college uh in college uh i never knew what i was going to do my dad was a brick player and i uh i worked for him as a, a laborer for four years i was in high school and then even in college i went back and worked with him in the summer so i, I guess i was, thought i was going to be a brick player but for some uh for some reason i got sidelined into coaching and uh, i really enjoyed it and i made a good Good career of it, and a very happy career. What was travel like when you were at Franklin? Traveling to baseball games, traveling to basketball games. Any funny stories there? Well, not so much fun stories, but that was the good old days when we, uh, you know, we went first class and took uh, took nice buses, and uh, you weren't in a hurry. I know today a lot of the teams in that lake uh, they traveled by vans and they come right home, and we would stay overnight, and we'd. Uh, We'd eat out pretty nice, pretty nice restaurants and things. And uh, basketball uh, was the big, big sport on campus, and uh, and so you enjoyed it. And as far as stories go, uh, you know, any time we would go on the road, it was a big deal for us because we got out of class. And uh, I think that's still true today. Anywhere uh, if you go on the road and you leave the day before, you, you get out of class for a day. And then the bad news is you have to make up all your work when you get back. But at least you enjoy the days off. So a fourteen-year letter, a fourteen-letter um, award winner at Washington, and a ten-letter award winner at Franklin, correct? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, so you're you're getting ready to graduate from Franklin. Uh, uh, what's your mindset? What? Uh, how do you once you graduate? What road do you take? Well, I interviewed for two or three jobs. Uh, I found out that uh, not having any experience, being twenty. 21, 22 years old, whatever it was, I guess 21 when I graduated, um, I couldn't get a head job, and I interviewed for a couple of assistant jobs, but uh, Ted Server was the head coach in uh, Franklin High School at the time, and he and I had become very good friends, and uh, he offered me a junior high coaching job with the option of moving up to Franklin the next year, which I did, so I decided to take it, and um, I was junior high coach my first year at Franklin, and then the uh, freshman coach my next year. And then I, I got a head job in my third year out. What's what's that like, too? By the way, Are, once you start coaching basketball in Indiana, it's is it just a is it a process that you keep applying? And and, and tell us about your first head uh, coaching varsity job. Well, yeah, I, I went. I don't know how it is today with class basketball, and, and people stay a little longer, I think, at schools uh, now than they used to. But I know I must have had oh an enormous amount of interviews where I would go for jobs and uh, always looking to move up the ladder and things like that. But my first job was <clears throat> was at Mineral City, which is a uh, now it's a part of South Knox High School. It was consolidated after my first year there. But I was very fortunate. I, uh, I had a good bunch of hardworking farm kids and uh, really enjoyed it. A lot of people going the first year and you know you have a lot of heartaches and things like that. I was fortunate. I uh, I inherited some pretty good players and and hard workers. 
Uh, the you, I think you won the Wabash Valley tournament that year, correct? We won the Valley. Uh, in fact, we won the 120 straight games that year. If I'd been smart, I'd have quit then. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but they were good kids. They they were very nice basketball players. And then, what did your travels take you to from Monroe City? I went uh, at Consolidated after my one year there. Consolidated with Decker Whelan, Decker Chapel, and Fritchton in South Knox High School. And I got the head job there and stayed there four years. And after four years there, I went to Martinsville for four years and then to Newcastle for 20 years. Uh, what was it like uh, going to Martinsville and with that John Wooden thing hanging right there? Oh, it was great. It, it was a, a fun time. And uh, at that time, Coach Wooden would come back, you know, in the summers once in a while, got to meet and become a friend of his. And it was just uh, the, the job at Martinsville and having the aura of, of John Wooden around was a very special, very special time. Who were some of your standout players while you were an artesian coach? Well, probably the biggest was Jerry Seasting, who went to Purdue, played four years at Purdue, was a starter, and then he played 11 years in the NBA, and now he's a, an assistant coach for the Phoenix Suns. Uh, so Jerry would have been the big one. He was uh, number two in the voting for the Mr. Basketball and then the All-Star team in 1975. And, um, he would be the one that would stand out there. Coach, I know, I know I'm probably jumping ahead of myself here a little bit, but what did you find yourself, your role to be with, you know, your graduating seniors and, and your, uh, in the early days and trying to get them in college? How, how much did, did they lean on you? Did you help them out a lot? Did you, did you want to do that? Well, oh, yes, I wanted to do that. And I felt that was a, a good part of my job was to try to take care of the people who worked hard for me. I need to work hard for them. And uh, they did rely on me, I think. They knew if they came to me, uh, I would be glad to help them. And I went on trips with several of them. Uh, with Seasting, with I went to Louisville. Uh, Coach Crum had them down. I went to Louisville with them, went to Purdue with them, uh, went to IU with them. And with some of my other players, we took, we took trips to different colleges. And uh, I thought that was always an uh, important part of being a high school coach, was trying to uh, take care of the kids that took care of you for three or four years. You should try to help them all you could. What kind of success did you have at Martinsville? Uh, well, we had we had a good team. My last year there, uh, my last year there, we were, had an undefeated regular season. We won the South Central Conference, which at that time South Central Conference was uh, Bloomington, Jeffersonville, Rushville, Greensburg, uh, Shelbyville. It was a good league, and with Seasting leading us, uh, we we had a very good, very good team. He was. All state quarterback in football, and then all state in basketball, and was an excellent shortstop in baseball. He was just a very good athlete. So, you're at Martinsville. Did Newcastle come a calling? Uh, I, I heard from Newcastle, and uh, the big uh, probably the big thing there was, uh, as any place, if you're happy, which I was happy at Martinsville, my kids were happy at Martinsville, but you're always looking. And I'd never been to Newcastle before, and I took uh, Steve and Sean, my two sons, with me when we went for an interview. And, of course, as soon as they saw that 9,200-seat <laughs> field house, uh, they had this great place. <laughs> Let's go. And so that kind of helped make up my mind. But as a coach, I knew, you know, it was an excellent job. Uh, tell us about your first couple of years there at Newcastle. First couple of years, pretty tough. I uh, I didn't inherit a lot of uh, – 
uh, I found out that, you know, why coaches retire. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in front of me, Cecil Tate, was a pretty, pretty smart guy. Uh, uh, he'd had great success there, and he'd had Kent Benson and people like that, and, and the talent had dropped off a little bit. So my first two years there were, were kind of tough, but as it turned out, uh, they had a great youth program there, and I spent a lot of time in the youth program, and then we had some very good years there. Coach, it had to be pretty hard when you, your first couple seasons there at Newcastle. How did you juggle, uh, you know, with uh, both of your sons' athletics also? Well, they were in, uh, I guess when I went there, Steve was in the fifth grade and uh, Sean was in third grade. And uh, I got to watch you here and there. But once I got in junior high school, the Parkview Junior High is connected to the high school, so I was there where I could see a lot of their games and get down with my practices in time to catch their games. And so it was a family affair, always has been. With the Alford family's always been uh, been a close, well knit family. Coach, do you remember at what point when you were watching Steve play that you thought that there was something special there? Well, he always had he always had very good hand eye coordination. Uh, you give him pool stick and he, he can shoot pool well. You give him ping pong paddle and he can play ping pong well. Uh, play catch. He was a quarterback in Pee Wee football. He was pitcher in Little League Baseball. It just He had good uh, hand-eye coordination. He could, always had that soft touch in basketball. But I thought the question mark with Steve would be how big is he going to get, how strong is he going to get, uh, how quick is he going to get because he could shoot the basketball at an early age. Uh, when he was in third grade back at Martinsville, he went to the national finals of the Elks hoop shoot uh, free throw contest in the third grade. So he was always blessed with a pretty good shooting touch. And if I'm not mistaken, you were like, you you led the nation at Franklin in free throw shooting one year, correct? Uh, a long time ago, 1964, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So was there a special style or that that you used to shoot? Or did you just practice them all the time? I just practiced. Uh, I had no style. Uh, uh, back then, uh, we didn't have all the technology that you have today on the degree of arts and the shootaways and all the things that they have to work with today. You just you practiced, you got in the gym, and you shot. And that's about what I did. You know, you know, as Steve was becoming a freshman on your Newcastle squad, uh, was there a little bit of pressure because it was the coach's son? Did, were you were you chomping at the bit because of what kind of a player you knew what he was going to evolve to, or what kind of pressures or stuff did you have to put up with that? Well, yes, there was a lot of pressure there, and I didn't handle it well. I didn't do a good job his freshman year. Uh, I probably did a little disservice to him and to the team from the standpoint that I worried about it. Uh, you know, I, I wanted to do the right thing, and the right thing would probably have been bring him up and play him. And I messed around with him, uh, played him on the reserve game two quarters, would dress him two quarters with varsity. Uh, I started in three or four games as a freshman. But if I had just made a decision and stuck with it, uh, regardless of what the decision was, it would probably be a lot easier for everybody. What kind of success did you guys' teams have with uh, with Steve playing? Well, we we had good years. Uh, his senior year was our best year. Our senior year, uh, we uh, what did we win? Twenty three, I think we won that year and went to the final game of the Sima State. Got beat by Connorsville in the final game of the Sima State, and they went on and won the state. So uh, we have, we had good success. 
You know, this is uh, this question is off base probably, but uh, you know, when when Jerry, but this is a question I want answered. I don't know if anybody else wants an answer, but I do. So when you're on the sidelines at Hinkle and you're being interviewed by you know Jerry Baker or on TV, do you have do you have something where you've already made up a cliche of what you're going to say, or is it just off the cuff? It's off the cuff. I uh, I don't do anything in the way of preparation. I, I always just try to answer things honestly and shoot from off the hip and from my heart. And whatever I say, that's, I'm one of those what you see is what you get the eyes. And I can live with that pretty easy. You know, what, what, was, the, what was your role in uh, Steve going to IU? Well, not much of anything, really. Uh, Coach Knight, of course, as you know, Coach Knight's Coach Knight. He's not going to ask for much help, and he's not going to negotiate much. It's all uh, black and white, and this is the way it is. And he called called one Sunday evening, Steve's junior year, and asked for Steve on the telephone. He said, Steve, you want to come to Indiana University? And Steve says, oh, yes, uh, most definitely. That was it. Steve never took an official visit anywhere. He didn't take an official visit to Indiana. Uh, took unofficial, but uh, he never took an official visit anywhere. And immediately when he committed to Indiana, the recruiting stopped, which was good for me. I didn't have to go through the recruiting process any longer. And so it was pretty well Coach Knight and, and Steve. Steve started going to Coach Knight's camp in the third grade. Uh, I used to work at when Coach Knight first came to Indiana. And he went to uh, Coach Knight's camp from third grade all the way through the senior year. So uh, I had a lot invested. I probably paid for his freshman year going to basketball camps. <laughs> Coach, you had such a great year in 83 with that semi-state run and getting beat by Connersville. Did you even foresee a Final Four squad the following year? No, but I think that's what uh, I think that's what having winning you know people say. And you listen to coaches with all their philosophy that, Winning, winning breeds winning and things like that. And I think there's a little truth to it. Uh, I had some kids coming back that had uh, tasted what it was like to have the success and go to the Sima State, and uh, I think they enjoyed it. They liked it, and they worked hard from the get-go, and uh, it was another very good year. So uh, tell us a little bit more about your, your next couple seasons there at Newcastle, and then once Steve graduated, gets out, goes to Manchester, do you, did you want – to go to Southwest Missouri State and be the assistant, that what kind of a, how how did you how did you make that decision? Well, uh, to answer the first part, uh, we uh, my youngest son was on the '84 team uh, as a sub, and then he started in '85, and we had good good years there. Uh, we had winning season, won the sectional, uh, won the regional, and the semi-state in '84. But to answer your Manchester and southwest missouri state i had spoken when charlie slunauer was the head coach at southwest missouri state uh, i had gone out there and, and had spoken at a couple of his clinics out there that he's had uh, in the summer and and uh, so i knew southwest missouri state and when it opened up a friend of mine that i had made uh, in southwest missouri state called and said would steve be interested in the job out here and I said, well, I don't know. And I talked to Steve, and I said, Steve, I'd look at it. It's a pretty pretty nice place. And uh, so he said, sure, and he followed up on it and went out and visited. And Springfield's a very nice, very nice city. Uh, Springfield, Missouri is a good place to live. And he saw the facilities were good. There was a guy named John Q. Hammonds that uh, looked a lot of money in the program and things. And next thing you know, uh, he's, he's the head coach at Southwest Missouri State.
Coach, going back a little bit, did you do a lot of traveling, or did you go out to L.A. for the whole uh, 1984 Olympics? Uh, my wife and I and Sean, uh, the three of us, uh, <clears throat> three of us were gone uh, 16 days, and we uh, we picked them up in San Diego. That's when they were traveling around the United States playing, and we picked them up in uh, in San Diego and saw those games, and then went on into Olympic Village and stayed uh, in L.A. during the during the Olympics. Back in eighty, back, back though with your um, with your um, team that went to the Final Four in eighty four, were there things? What was that experience like? And were there things that you could have done differently to maybe be more successful in that Final Four? Oh, I don't know if we could have done things. Uh, we could have made more baskets, I guess. Uh, we weren't very big. Our center was six three, and we were a pretty good shooting team. And we relied on a, on our shooting to carry us, but again, it was good, hardworking kids. So one of our kids went to Purdue on a football scholarship. He was a wide receiver. Uh, we had a Todd Jarvis was our leading scorer that year. He was a very good player. And Troy London went to IU uh, as a baseball pitcher. We had some good athletes, and uh, and they played well. They competed well. And you know, your successful teams are usually pretty smart. It was a very intelligent basketball team. Did your other son Sean uh, excel more at basketball or baseball? Uh, he was on the uh, oh golly, I lose track of the years. Uh, it must have been the nineteen eighty uh, Babe Ruth State Championship team uh, from Newcastle that won the Babe Ruth State Championship. So he played baseball and basketball, and he started his senior year averaging twelve points a game. Was a nice player, very nice player, and got a scholarship at Georgia Southern. Uh, went for a semester, didn't enjoy it. Uh, decided he wanted to transfer to IU and watch Steve play, and that was fine with us. So he ended up uh, playing near a mural ball and watching his brother play. Now I know you. I know it's a dumb question. Did you enjoy? It? I know you enjoyed it, but uh, did you take it all in? And did you go to a lot of Steve's games his senior year, the national championship year? Uh, I I didn't miss hardly any. Uh, I uh, I had a little pack worked out with my uh, with my team that. Uh, we would practice a lot in the morning before school, and we had a time that uh, if I practiced after school, uh, my wife would pick me up, Sharon would pick me up, uh, I'd run up the steps, and she'd have me a sandwich in the car, and we could make tip-off at Bloomington uh, so I didn't have to cut down on practice or anything. And and I, I flew a little bit. Uh, I had five or six buddies in Newcastle that we would rent a plane at the Newcastle airport and fly a fly single or twin engine planes around at different games and uh, so I saw most of them did you go down to New Orleans and and what was that like going to the final four oh yeah I went to New Orleans uh went to Cincinnati the, the week before for the semis and then we went to uh, the whole family went to to New Orleans my mom and dad and, and uh Sharon's side family and Sean all of us went and uh, it was a great experience it and the the final four in the Olympic experience are just two things that you you have to witness to really get the feel of it. You can talk about it and say how great it is, but until you go through it, it's it's a whole different world. You know, it's interesting because I was a freshman at Indiana State University, um, the championship year, and I feel like uh, I was a part of that national championship team because when it came down to smart shot, I went out into the hallway at Cromwell at Indiana State University and did not watch the shot. So because I was out in the hallway and Smart hit the shot, that's why Indiana University won the national championship in 1987. <laughs> well, you're responsible. 
all during that all during that tournament also it's called you would just before someone would shoot a free throw you change the channel down and then as the ball was in the air you change the channel up and i had a i had a 93 percent free throw percent percentage in 1987 <laughs> Well, see, you outshot me the year I won it. <laughs> Coach, what was that? Was that? Was that? Yes, I want to go and be an assistant with Steve. Was it hard to leave? You know everything that you'd build up because you'd had like a you'd won three hundred games at Newcastle and lost, only lost one hundred eighty eight in your well not in Newcastle but in your high school basketball career. You won three hundred and only lost one hundred eighty eight. Was it hard to step out of Indiana high school basketball coaching? It was because I I really enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed high school basketball. Uh, it was a family decision more than an athletic decision, I think. Uh, there's a chance to go work with your son. And when you're a high school coach, uh, I think all high school coaches always have that little bit of desire. Of, you know, I wonder what it's like to coach at college. So it gave me an opportunity. I knew some people in Springfield. Uh, I really didn't know that I was going to take the job. I went out to visit. And uh, during the school year, I told my principal I needed a couple of days off. He said, fine, go. And I came back, and uh, my wife was an elementary teacher. I said, uh, I'm going to take the job. And she was always very supportive. She said, fine, uh, when are you leaving? I said, well, I've got to leave in three days. And then I went and told my <laughs> principal that I'm leaving uh, in three days so they had to get a substitute teacher for the rest of the year. But I pulled out of town and left my wife with uh, a little car to sell, a motorcycle to sell, a house to sell. <laughs> she was a pretty good trooper about it all, but I had to get on the road recruiting, so I had to go. And was that your capacity while you coached with Steve, recruiting, or what other uh, uh, responsibilities? Well, it was. At, at Southwest Missouri State, I was on the road all four years uh, there. When we went to Iowa, I was on the road for two years, and then I became a uh, the Dobo or director of basketball operations where <clears throat> I no longer could go on the road recruiting, but I ran the in-house stuff. Um, so did you, did you have anything or any connection with Steve when he went to uh, New Mexico? Well, I always stayed in touch with him on uh, Indiana. I would always send him names and uh, uh, things like that, the kids to look at, and, and uh, we stayed in touch on that. But we go to a lot of the games. I, I was retired when he went to New Mexico. So we go out there every winter and, and watch a lot of games. And uh, when they went to the tournament, we'd go to the tournament. The same way here at UCLA, uh, I think we saw uh, 17 games last year, uh, my wife and I. So uh, he now it's kind of nice, UCLA. They, last year they were in the Atlantis tournament. This year they're in the Maui Classic. Uh, great places for us to go visit. It's just uh, a little expensive, but, you know, at our age, uh, can't take it with us, so that's okay. How does Coach Alford sit and watch a UCLA basketball game? Do you fidget? Oh, Do you it's, scream? <laughs> it's hard. It, you know, it's hard when you got a son coaching. That that's hard. But when you got a son coaching and a grandson playing, uh, there's no time to relax. Uh, it it is uh, it is what it is, and it's it keeps you very intense. After some hard-fought games, are, are you the first to call him, or is he the first to call you? Oh, it, it depends on the uh, – sometimes he beats me to the punch, and you know, I always have to wait because I have to guess. Uh, he's got radio show and then he's got television show, so I have to guess what time he gets done. So a lot of times he calls me. But we talk about every, every game. We uh, we talk. I can't go to bed. Now that he's on the West Coast, you know, it's 1 o'clock in the morning, I'm still sitting there uh, – 
uh, wide awake and <laughs> waiting on the call. So, but that's that's fun. That's that's enjoyable. Coach, what was it like to get the phone call? And do you remember the phone call saying that you had been inducted into the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame? Yes, I do remember getting the phone call. And yes, it was very special. Uh, Two thousand and. Uh, uh, 2002, I was in Duck. And the neat thing about it also was that uh, Jerry Seasting, uh, a player of mine, was also in Duck in 2002. So Jerry and I were in the same class. Uh, so that really made it made it special. And uh, it's, once you're an Indiana high school player or coach, uh, the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame is a very special uh, thing that you look forward to. And you never know if you make it or not. But when you get the call, it's it's a very exciting time. So tell us a little bit, how did you become president of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame? Well, it's long hours and no pay, and there's not very <laughs> many families in the state. <laughs> so, so the process of elimination is pretty easy. Uh, oh, I've been active in it for, for quite a few years, and it's great. Great organization, great people, and of course, Newcastle is where it's at, where I coached, and uh, I was on the committee in 1987 that, that presented our case to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame to move to Newcastle, and so I had roots with it, and uh, I just have always enjoyed it. So if you're a basketball coach and uh, love high school basketball, it's, it's a great place to be associated with. If anybody is interested, I know you guys have a Facebook page. You can go to hoopshall.com. Um, is there uh, certain ways that people could donate to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame, which is the only state that has its own Basketball Hall of Fame? Yes, it is. And not only is it only one. It, it is very nice. If someone hasn't been there, uh, what a great trip. If you're a basketball fan, you you know you should make the trip because it's, there's so much history in it and uh, – it's so electronic now that you can go in and play on the computers and look up your school and look up uh, friends and everything else on there. It's really nice. In fact, you can do that at home even. Uh, if you want to know what players from your high school in the Hall of Fame, you can do that. And, and uh, it's great history of it. And, yes, uh, you can. Uh, they'll take donations. For $100, you can become an associate member of the Indian Basketball Hall of Fame. And you get the magazine quarterly and and free tickets to the Hall of Fame, and it's uh, well spent, well spent $100. You know, just like I told you the small story of the national championship in 87, I have also helped fund the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame with $9.75 worth of quarters trying to hit that basket. <laughs> well, you know, our basket broke down. Uh, it broke down from overuse, I think, because everybody <laughs> wants to do it. And uh, we just we had a little downtime of a month or so where we were getting it all repaired, but it's up and going again, and that's the first place people head for when they come in there is they want to shoot that last shot. Well, nine dollars and seventy five cents of my money has been donated. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody thinks they're Bobby Plump. They don't make that last shot. Coach, what do you think about the game of basketball today in Indiana high school? Uh, well, it's it's still special. I. I hate it, and I mean I'm the old school. But you got to realize that. Uh, I know a class is here, and it's here to stay. It's not going to go back. I hate to see them go to class simply because we had something that's special. Uh, I didn't realize how special it was until I got in college. And everywhere I went, you know, people, man, Indiana high school basketball. How do you guys do that? I've, coaches would take trips to come and see the state finals, things like that. And when we went to class, we lost a lot of that. Uh, 
I mean, the people that are proponents for class, they have to admit we lost a lot. And, uh, and now we have to make the best of it. We've got the class system, and uh, we have to make the best of it. But uh, in the high school, basketball still is very good. I mean, you still have what, – what I think what's happened with the class system is a lot of schools that used to be hotbeds uh, aren't hotbeds anymore. But you still have those certain schools in the state that draw very well. Uh, tennis is still very good. Um, you know, it's just it's a different different environment. I think would be the best word for it. Friday nights, there's a lot of things to do today, besides basketball. And back when I coached in the one class system, Friday night was a reserve night for high school basketball. Do you think they'll ever go back to one class? No, no, no I don't think. Uh, uh, you know, I don't think uh, there'll ever be a well. There's a move. There's always us old guys who'd love to see it, but it's not going to happen. And and I'm not I'm not bad mouthing the, the class system because uh, you know you got four champions uh, in basketball and and so you got four teams that are very happy and things like that. And that that's why you go to class, I guess, is to appease more people and make more champions and things like that. But if if I ask you, you know, if I said. Uh, Two years ago, who won the 2A? You had to think, well, two years ago, who was even in the 2A? Right. Uh, when last, when we had the class system, you know, right away, who won it last year? Muncie Central, you knew right away who won it. And, and there was a lot more uh, history to it, I think. But, like I said, uh, class is here, and it's here to stay, so we got to make the best of it, and we got to enjoy it and, and keep supporting high school basketball. Coach, do you have a relationship with uh, your former players? Do you get phone calls from them on a daily basis? Oh, yeah. Yes. We, uh, I, that's another thing. You know, different coaches have different philosophies. But one of mine is, uh, is stay in touch with one of the players. I still, have a, uh, I still have a golf outing for South Knox every year. We just had a couple weeks ago uh, where we have a golf outing to raise money for the basketball team. And, and I, I sponsor that every year. And then. Martinsville is coming up in two weeks. Uh, Martinsville High School basketball uh, golf outing, and I'll I'll play in it. And uh, South or Newcastle, I'm up there all the time with the Hall of Fame, so I get to see a lot of players there. So yeah, it's uh, it's something that you know once you have a relationship, you know, I think you always do. Coach, I'm, I want to read you something from one of your former players. Uh, Coach Alfred was my mentor in basketball. He is the reason why I love the game and why I coach today. All the things he taught me over 30 years ago, I use today. That includes work ethic, accountability, and taking care of basics. He set all of his players up to succeed in life. Coach Alfred was intense, and if you played for him and stuck it out, he would do anything for you. And that's Rick Pendergraft. Um, I, 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 I love that you spent the time with us. I, um, I, I there's, there's six degrees of separation with Indiana high school basketball, in my opinion, and I found that everywhere I go. And my freshman year in 1983, I was uh, uh, with Broderpool High School, and you know, you guys brought your whole town to Hinkle Fieldhouse, and uh, I think there were 11,000 people there. And uh, and your son put on a clinic, and uh, you were a class act then. You're a class act now, and I thank you for spending some time on uh, the Indiana Basketball Memory Show. And uh, congratulations once again with your uh, being president of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. Well, thank you. I enjoyed it. Best of luck to you. Thank you, Coach. Uh Uh-huh.